Hey everybody, welcome to Halloween on Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. <laughs> it's our favorite time of I year. I know, I am surrounded by things. You know, I did manage to get the three boo buckets from McDonald's. I don't know oh if you gosh. know. But they yeah. did the they did them this year. They did the retro boo buckets from when we were kids. They're reinvented, of course. It's are a little bit different. You have to go all over the place to different McDonald's to get the one, the colors that you want. And uh, I got all three. So I got the pumpkin one, and I got the ghosty one, and I got the goblin one. Those which are, used to be the witch one when we were kids, but I guess the maybe purple, they went yeah. PC. Uh, maybe they, the green one, they, uh, maybe they went PC on the <laughs> whole thing. They can't do witches anymore. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't know. I have no idea why. But anyway, yeah, they're sitting here in the studio alongside um, our friend and patron Pepper sent us uh, at Halloween advent calendars. These have been so much fun. They're so much fun. Everybody's posting them in our Discord, you know, that each day and the little figurines, they're all little pop figurines. Mine is Nightmare Before Christmas. So every day I take a picture actually in the studio and post it on Discord of where I've managed to put it. There's one above Kathy's head. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like placing them all over the place so i anyway. have the uh classic horror folks so far i have the grady twins nice. i have david from the lost boys pennywise Ooh. oh fun freddie it's fun it's really exciting because you're like which one am i gonna get today? i know it's really fun so halloween stuff and then next to me kathy brought me halloween cookies so you know how you homemade. guys made homemade i'm sorry but what you know how everyone else makes Christmas cookies? Although we'll probably make those too. <laughs> last year, I remember, or the last couple of years, she's been into the like pumpkin kind of cakey cookies. This year, it's straight up sugar cookies like you get at Christmas, only decorated. I have a skull. I have a witch hat. I have a pumpkin. And I have one that says I love boobs. Yeah, with cream cheese frosting. Oh, you're a little on the nose there. Yeah. Okay. It's good stuff. I'll be eating them throughout the episode. So if I have nothing to say, it'll be like, she's, at me. or she's crashed out from <laughs> yeah. all the sugar. Sugar coma later is fine. But thank you so much for the cookies. I've had so much fun with this season. I have gotten, you know, did all the baking stuff mm -hmm. and we did Universal. I actually did Reign of Terror um, last night at, the, at Thousand Oaks, which nice. is... We've talked about this on the show before, and I just want to give them a shout out because they're a smaller company that does an excellent job every year. Um, and if you are in the Southern California or the Los Angeles area, I would check it out. And they do it around Halloween, and then sometimes they'll do it at like random times of the year too. They okay. just some of that could have been due to COVID, but I feel like they do it maybe in the summer too. They'll do it. Yeah, we'll see, right? Yeah. What they get up to. I know that it's um kind of a homegrown thing and so we'll just see what they get up to yeah. and what their next thing is what is it a walkthrough with like a haunted house it's a walkthrough so think of like going through the universal studios mazes but one giant one that all connects okay so it takes about an hour to get through gotcha and they do a really good job i mean the practical effects i posted some stuff on our instagram but their practical effects are really great for it being a smaller company and you know, stuff, stuff comes out of the ceiling nice. and they have things that like demons that fly over you that are on harness and all the wiring. So they like, they really, I talked to the guy when I was at Monster Palooza about a year and a half ago when we went and um, I just told him, I said, you guys need to keep it up because I love it. And so they were there representing that. Perfect. 
Um, let's see. I have I have a really quick funny thing I want to share. I was in Portland. I love Portland. That's it's such I. a fun city. And we if if you know, those of you who live in Portland or who have been to Portland a number of times know that it's like the stripper capital of strip club capital of the country. Yeah, there's some really great burlesque. Oh man. And even the strip I will say this, the strip clubs there, these women own it. This is, it's such a different culture than Los Angeles strip clubs because there's, not only is there more burlesque and stuff, they, these are, these women own the stage and they are so like, it, it feels less shaming and it feels less, I don't know, just, it's so much more artsy and, and, and fun. And so we went to a night called Stripperoki. I love karaoke. So you get up on the stage and these women, most of them are like, tatted out you don't even know they're naked because they have so much art all over their body it's really amazing Mm -hmm. and um you sing as they strip around you and it was so much fun and because it's around the halloween season someone got up and sang dog days are over and one of our girls got up there in a hot dog costume sweet and stripped off of that but they, they will climb up onto like these they do a lot of gymnastics it's a small stage yeah but the funniest part is when you get somebody up there with the worst voice and they are dancing for their life and it is flipping history and they don't take themselves seriously as good as they are they're enjoying it but if you're ever in the portland area go to devil's point and go to stripperoki it is hilarious that sounds awesome and they are really (laughs) flipping talented women it, yes. it was really a lot of fun. So I've been to a couple of different strip joints in Portland yeah. and some burlesque. There, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's There's a, a whole culture, and it's so different from what and, we have and here. And drag queen clubs too. Mm-hmm. They have great some great drag clubs. There's just a lot of great uh, night culture in Portland. There I is. wanted to mention to you yeah. since we're on the event train here. Yeah is um, I ended up going back to Halloween Horror Nights. You did. And being able to finish off some of the stuff. How did it go? So it went really well. It was crowded. It was a Thursday. I was actually on my way to another amusement park, which I'll talk about maybe next week. So I was like, well, I could just stop off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and there were still tickets left, so I could just stop off and finish it off. So yeah. I did. So I, the ones that we didn't go on, I think were like the Terror Scarecrow. Tram and La Llorona and Scarecrow and all that ended up, of course, being some of my favorite. Of course. So Scarecrow was awesome because the, they had smell-o-vision in there. Oh. So you walk into it and you smell the hay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it was really good. It was very- Sensory. It was very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And there was, um, you would have really loved it because there was a whole room where there were pieces of meat hanging from the, I mean, not real meat, yeah. obviously. But I the was whole looking room forward was, to that one. The whole room was like walking through all the meat. Yeah, and I, I was, was like, oh, Kathy would really enjoy. This. I was really sad that that was one we had to miss. I know. Yeah, hopefully they'll it'll come back because it's you know it's not an IP; it's a thing they created all all exactly. on its own. So maybe it'll come back. It was wildly popular, and then La Llorona. Oh, that was real creepy. You know, if you guys have watched YouTube videos of your favorite folks that have gone through those, I mean, you can go on there and wa- and go through the mazes virtually. Uh, there's nothing like, of course, being there and getting scared. But La Llorona was cool because they didn't hold back there was dead children in the water yeah and i appreciate that because the mythology is about dead kids so yeah like don't sugarcoat it that is what it is it's like krampus Mm -hmm. and and like the terror tram was 
good. It was. Is it any better the, than it, it had been? Yeah, it was a bit better only because, you know, they did a whole nope slash us section. Cool. That was very cool. Cool. The rest of it was what it usually is. And so that part I don't, I don't care about. Okay. Because, you know, last year we had said like, well, we're never, we're not going to do the terror drill. <laughs> we're not going to prioritize the terror drill. Then of course, I bet we weren't the only ones because then they put something new in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the nope us stuff was really fun. Yeah. But as you know, it's kind of a trek. It takes like 45 minutes of your night and stuff. And so it has to be really worth it. And if they do nope us again next year, like I would go with you on it because mm-hmm. you haven't been sure. to it. But if I, if, if I didn't, if I wasn't with you and you didn't, or you didn't want to go on it, then I probably would just like skip, skip it again because okay. just because I don't need to beat a dead horse, so to speak. Yeah. That was a nice little pun you threw in there with nope. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate that. I'm glad you went back to finish that off because I was curious what we missed. And Oh yeah. And the Halloween, we didn't get to the Halloween. Which they do like every maze, year. but they do it every year. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's fun, but you don't yeah. have to do it. it what it, <laughs> the idea this year was there were so many Jasons. That idea of Michael, like, you, mean? you can't, Michael, sorry. Yeah. There's so many Michaels, you can't get away from them. So, like, yeah. every room you go into, there's another Michael, and then there's another Michael, and then another. Michael. So, it's yeah. that, that idea of kind of like in the movies where he just keeps coming at you and you don't know how he's doing it. Yeah. That was kind of the idea. But as far as my, my favorite mazes, so unfortunately for you and I, we're certainly the the couple that I went on without you this year. So my, from what I went through, my favorite was the weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I know that really one. creeped you that out. That one creeped me out, and a lot of people enjoyed that. Yeah, and it still has probably pretty long lines at this point. I imagine this weekend, which is Halloween weekend, Halloween's on a Monday, but I imagine it's going to be oh yes, sure. and I think they crazy. do. Do they do one more weekend after Halloween? Sometimes they I'm do that. Sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But anyway. If you are setting up your house and you have trick-or-treaters this year and mm. you are looking for music to play, mm. um, when I was in Portland, we found a, through, I think it was on Spotify or what, oh no, we were in a coffee shop and they were playing this guy. And his name's Slasher Dave, if you've never heard of him before. And if you go on to the internet and you look him up, he has like 32 different releases available mm-hmm. and it's all creepy music and mm-hmm. it's really good. Like he's a good, it's a good band, but Fun. it's all like creepy sounds and it's the names of his song, like the jack-o'-lantern murders, you know, hypnotizer, like all of the, the songs are really fun. And oh, sometimes awesome. people are looking for stuff to play just like all night while they're handing out candy or at a party. So there's like sound effects, but he's actually really like really good. They were playing it in this coffee shop in Portland. Oh, okay. And then you're like, who is this? this I need this. So Halloween. I like need this in my life. Exactly. Was it, is it rock or it's like sounds and stuff? It's kind of, it's kind of like a a combo of rock and sounds and he makes some songs, but you can definitely play it in the background like creepy because it's all creepy. Okay, yeah. cool. And I looked up Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, no, the last two nights are the 30th and the 31st. Okay. And they're actually still have tickets. Everything else is sold out, but the 30th and the 31st, which is the Sunday and the Monday. Gotcha. Uh, still have tickets. As of right now, I realize we pre-record, so maybe by the time you guys are looking at it, they might not, but yeah, okay. that's that. And then uh, lastly, I will just say for those of you who um, like some people have a a love for Halloween three. If you're a merch person, 
Halloween three figures are going to be released next spring. They are um, universal through universal trick or treat studios. And they are each, it's all three of the masks. So it's the witch, the jack-o'-lantern and the skeleton. And each figure is about a foot tall and they're collectors. <laughs> yeah. So they're doing pre-orders right now for them. Um, if you go online and you just go to horrornewsnetwork.net, they will be on there. And uh, there's a whole article there about them. They look really cool. I feel like you mentioned these before. (laughs) Really? Are you going to, I don't know, maybe you and I were just talking about them. Oh, okay. Or maybe you've mentioned Horror News Network before because I think uh, they have a lot of cool cool stuff. What's cool about these is you can can take off the mask and then put the one on after it like melts. Oh, I'm looking at the pictures right now. Those are fun. Aren't those cool? Oh, and they're coming out in the spring. Yeah, so you can pre-order them now. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, my one last thing before we get to reviews is that there's this book that I tried to read called Night Bitch. So I tried to read the book and I ended up DNFing it because it's very Kafka-esque. So if you like that sort of writing and you don't really need any grounding in your story or action... <laughs> You might like it. It's got a lot of atmosphere. But anyway, they're making a movie of it and Amy Adams is going to be in it. So I'm guessing this is going to be one of those things. You know how sometimes in our book club we like read the source material of something? Yeah. Because it's some movie we really like and we read the source material and we're like, um, I could see how they made this a lot better in the movie. Like I could see they took the idea and then someone got inspired by it gotcha, and they made yeah. this really great movie. So maybe... Maybe that'll be the case. Searchlight Pictures, Amy Adams is such a star in Night Bitch. Okay. So it, it says it's darkly comic, a darkly comic horror film. And I could see how this woman's voice in the story was supposed to be funny. And maybe had I been in a different place. But let me just read you the premise so everybody knows. It's The, the book is Rachel Yoder's novel, Night Bitch, and it uh, tells the story of a woman thrown into the stay-at-home routine of raising a toddler in the suburbs who slowly embraces the feral power deeply rooted in motherhood as she becomes increasingly aware of the bizarre and undeniable signs that she may be turning into a canine. Oh, so you could see why I picked night that book bitch. up. Yes, mm-hmm. night bitch. Exactly. You could see why I picked that book up because that's a fucking great premise. That sounds good. I just didn't get through the book. Okay, but I'm definitely willing to give the, the movie, movie a, a try. And I really like Amy Adams. So we have a little thing before we get to reviews. Oh, I know. You know what's next? It's a little thing we like to call. you. <laughs> That's Horror Facts with Kath, ladies and gentlemen, our <laughs> trivia game, where Kathy gives me five pieces of trivia that I must guess at the end of the show, and then she tells us all the correct answer. I'm, I'm making, I'm trying to find questions, honestly, that I'm pretty sure you have some semblance of, and the last <laughs> couple times you've gotten some right. Yeah. All right. So, and at least my guesses have been kind of... Yeah, you've been trying harder. <laughs> I have been. Number one, Rob Zombie was a production assistant on what 80s television show? Oh, Rob. I wonder if he looked the same. Me too. (laughs) Number two. The McMartin preschool trial was considered the most expensive trial in history that ended without one single conviction. That was awful. What was this trial about? (laughs) Oh, you know, Halloween candy. Yes. Number three. What is scaphism? Oh. (laughs) 
I don't know, but I want to work it into a sentence this week. Well, that will be interesting <laughs> once you know what it is. Yeah. Number four, which serial killer kept the heads of his victims as trophies? Which one didn't, Kathy? Come on. This was like not just random body parts, like the heads. Yeah, no, I mean, mm-hmm. He like put them in a specific place. Yeah. Number five. What do many people fear more than death itself? Like what's one of the number one phobias that people even consider worse than death? Yep. Got it. And we did a mini cast actually recently on the fears for people. We did. We talked about in 2021. So we've been talking a little bit of fear. (laughs) Tis the season. What the hell did you watch? Oh, well, you know what? Here's the thing. You and I went to see Halloween Ends. We did. And we are going to do a full spoiler review for our patrons on our Patreon. But because it's a new movie, we try not to do that on our regular show that's free to everyone. Because, you know, we don't want to spoil it for you. You may not have gone out and seen it. But Halloween Ends, of course, is a 2022 movie. It's almost two hours long. I felt every moment of it. And... It is the end of a trilogy and the last movie that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be in. I saw some stuff on TikTok and Instagram where she filmed like the last day on the set and stuff and her weeping and saying goodbye to everybody. So yeah, I know it's her intention not to do anymore. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So John Carp, based on the characters, of course, created by John Carpenter, based on characters created by Deborah Hill there who wrote the original products. And here we are. So what I would say to you in a non-spoilery fashion is that I went into this movie with very low expectations. Mm -hmm. So whereas I could pick out a couple of things I enjoyed in general, this trilogy went from great to I don't care for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I I will say that there were aspects of this one that I definitely liked better than the second movie okay um so i don't know if it went from yeah we kind of ripped halloween kills apart yeah and (laughs) i just think i think that for this one i also had less expectations because they did such a poor job with number two i'm like i don't really care where they go with this now we had very low expectations yeah and so for the second one i was more upset because they brought back you know Lindsay Wallace, they brought back Tommy, they, and they could have done so much more with it, which I talked about on that episode if you go back to listen to it. Yeah. And so after that, I was like, well, you know what? I Let's see if they actually kill him. You know, like at this point, I was like, right. I... We don't know. I don't know. And uh, the one thing I did like, though, is we had more Jamie in this one. Yes, of course. You know, it's her swan song. And so I know that we spoke about in last week or the week before his episode about like, hey, we're going to go and see. And your one criteria was more Jamie. So we we did get that. Uh, but like I said, we're going to do a spoilery thing for our patrons mm-hmm. where uh, I have a lot more to say. I think we probably both have a yeah, lot more to do. say about it. So, But that's the general thing is that. So m- my worry here is that this same team this Blumhouse, David Gordon Green team is going to do a Exorcist trilogy, much like Oy. they just did the Halloween trilogy. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, 
I like <laughs> I like Blumhouse when Blumhouse stays in Blumhouse Lane. Well, the first movie in this trilogy was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. A I lot did of, too. Some people didn't. I know. But- I really I really liked it too. But Blumhouse, I like when he stays in his lane. But when they start to like. I don't know. And now I'm like a little skeptical about this Exorcist series because of this. As am I. So next year we will see the first one and we'll find out. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Yeah. What else did you watch? I watched Mr. Harrigan's phone. As did I. And then good. We can talk about it. Yes, so let's. this is based on a Stephen King novel. When Mr. Harrigan dies, Craig, the teen who befriended and did odd jobs for him, puts his smartphone in his pocket before burial. When the lonely youth sends his dead friend a message, he is shocked to get a return text. I found myself really like in this. I liked this movie a lot. I'm not sure what it was because I tend to have a short attention span, but I don't know if it was the atmosphere. I I mean, obviously the cast was great, but the story itself really captured me. I was invested. I don't know how you felt, but I I did read the source material and the source material is thin to begin with. It's a short story. It's one of his novellas, you know, and it's, it's really one of his shorter novellas because a lot of times as you guys who are King fans know his novellas are full books and then they release four of them in a massive, you know, a massive anthology and that's okay. Here's my thing is as a kid, you know, King is really my gateway drug for, I think, for a lot of Gen Xers who enjoyed horror as a kid. I was not into horror movies, as we've discussed on the show before. Kathy was, even though my first movie I ever, <laughs> I ever saw was like Alien, it's still my favorite. You know, I'm uh, through the through this podcast, I've uncovered a lot of like I was into horror at that point. It just wasn't movie related necessarily back then. But I was I read everything Stephen King wrote in at a particular time in his career when he was very hot. Like he was my favorite author through like high school and college and beyond and still one of my favorites. So what I would say is, is I love being in his worlds. So like what you're saying is I will be in whatever Stephen King world he creates as long as that movie maker is true to that. Mm-hmm. So whereas I enjoyed that, the source material is super thin. Uh, the movie doesn't have very many horror elements. For Mm-mm. those of you who have seen it, it isn't a horror movie in my opinion. It's got a little sci-fi situation going on and there's a psychological thrill to it i think you bet you bet i could see that Mm -hmm. um the acting is really good i agree uh the plot really goes nowhere and that that's true of the story Mm -hmm. as well it's very thin i guess is my point and i love donald sutherland and so he was a big reason why like i just like spending time with the character of mr harrigan yeah so that's what i liked about the story Mm -hmm. was that i just enjoyed spending time with that character and that when I heard they cast Donald Sutherland, I was like, Oh yeah. I liked, yeah. I'm going to enjoy that. I liked their relationship. The, the fear, the psychological piece for me was just, there were a couple of scenes when he receives the texts and things like that, that you, that got, it got me. It, It freaked me out to think that, someone one you know your first thought is is he buried alive Mm -hmm. right that's where your head goes and then you start to realize like you said this turns much more into like a sci-fi but then also just Jaden Martell I think his name is the one that yeah he was in um he was in it also Mm -hmm. and he I thought he was pretty good in this and just his because he's so young and he starts to realize like he's completely spired out of control with this power that he has is very true to adolescence and and 
you know, wanting all this control until you have it. And then all of a sudden he's scaring the shit out of himself you and bet. things are happening left and right. So I don't know that the, it was eerie enough for me to, to keep my attention. And I agree with you. The scenes with Donald Sutherland and Jaden were some of my favorite scenes, their relationship and those moments where he was reading to him. Yeah. Like the whole first chunk of the movie. Yeah. Very enjoyable to me. Not because it's a horror movie no. because I just enjoy, I enjoy King the world, the relationships that Stephen King puts in his movies. Cause it's often, and maybe this is why I liked it so much when I was younger is it's all often kids or teenagers or whatever. He does. has a lot of yeah. stories that are centered around kids and kids. teenagers mm-hmm. being the main characters and their relationships with like older people and mm-hmm. whatever. That's like a, a trope that King has. And I always have enjoyed it. There's an anti-technology kind of, a message or yeah. something oh, yes. King was going for in mm-hmm. this. And I didn't really feel like that was fleshed out very much. And I don't know if that's because they were trained, you know, staying true to the source material. Cause it's not fleshed out that much in mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's meant to be a short story. So it's not like we're writing a three act story here. So what I found was, is they stayed true to the story and didn't actually kind of make it a, a movie you know in other words like yeah. it, it definitely atmosphere definitely mm-hmm. great acting definitely interesting ideas that just sort of never went anywhere in yeah. my in okay. my you know that's just my yeah. perspective fair cool i saw a movie called shark side of the moon oh jesus you know you got to throw some trash in here right i mean yeah. don't we don't we though so i try to keep up my shark my shark horror <laughs> Shark Side of the Moon, 2021, ladies and gentlemen, about 90 minutes long. Action horror sci-fi. Decades ago, the USSR developed unkillable sharks and launched them to the moon. Oh, God. Today, a team of American astronauts will endure the fight of their lives. So I I just want to tell you that (laughs) as a trash lover... It's a kind of a lot of fun, only because it's it's basically an action movie. The reason why I guess it's considered horror as well is because there's shark men. <laughs> so what the what you end up seeing is you're fighting this foe, right? It's space. It's sharks in space. They finally went to space, guys. So <laughs> it's shark. It's sharks in space. But it's shark men, so the bodies of men with a shark head, with a shark head. Oh, that's brilliant! And and also like fins and things, and they're they're big, like Tron big, because so okay. the, they're powerful big, and they live in space, and they have a leader, and you know it's like if Star Wars was bad, it's like doesn't make any. It's a to be original, guys. Like. <laughs> Like, what are you going to do with that? Like, right? It's a 2B original. I love 2B. So so when you make a trashy shark movie and you put some money into CGI, because there's some money in the CGI, like that's fun because there are literally shark men. Just So there's a delightful poster. If you go and Google Shark Side of the Moon, you see one version of the shark man. And you literally get to see those and you get to see them, you know, beat up on each other and stuff. And there's, it's an indie horror for sure. 
So it's not a traditional shark attack horror movie. So if you're going into this, which I, of course, was thinking, okay, a shark horror movie, we're going to get bites in the water. You know, like that's what Mm -hmm. you kind of come to look for in that. You're not getting that. This is absolutely shark men in space. Um, But the trash creatures and the bad acting and the like the shark man and woman fights against each other like it was I mean it did drag for an 88 minute movie it did drag. So well, I'm not saying did there you have was high expectations? a lot going on, <laughs> but I was pleasantly surprised by these action sequences because there's like sure. men with shark heads and they put some money into it. Sharks. What is it called? Shark side of the moon. Shark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2022 ladies and gentlemen, and it is a Tubi original. So you can see it on Tubi if you're into that. I gave it a two out of five stars because a two indicates that like I enjoyed my time, whether or not I will ever, 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 ever see it again. Oh, wow. Okay. See? Yeah, now I know what you're working with. And then there are like shark men that have hammerhead heads. That's what I'm looking at. Okay. A hammerhead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. They look more like aliens. Um, yes. And they're... The, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... They were catapulted into space and then bred. So, yes, they are actually aliens. They're alien sharks. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Alien sharks. You're welcome. I watched a movie that um, I thought looked, it's a Shutter original called Who Invited Them. Mm -hmm. Came out this year with uh, Ryan Hansen, Melissa Tang, and Timothy Granaderos. Adam and Margot's housewarming party is a success. One couple linger after the other guests, revealing themselves to be wealthy neighbors. As one nightcap leads to another, Adam and Margot suspect their new friends are duplicitous strangers. I think this was a movie that um, I like movies that take place at like dinner parties and Mm -hmm. like monster party was a great one. There's some really great ones out there. So that's kind of what pulled me into this. I'm like, this could be really fun. And it, it is somewhat tongue in cheek. So it's, it's a horror, but it, there's also supposed to be some comedic elements to it. Ryan Hansen, a lot of people might know him from two broke girls. He played the boyfriend. You'll, you'll know his face when you see him. And he plays this incredibly bougie doofus character that like, you know, he's talks about his vinyl and all of his vintage stuff. And so they throw this housewarming party and he's trying to, trying to be, you know, very hospitable and cool. He wants to be the cool person in the neighborhood. And these two random people show up stating at their neighbors, everyone goes home and these two decide to stay and, and drink more with them. The character development, the, the actors do a good job. They go as far as they can go with what they've been given. But the, the long, you know, what ends up happening is you find out that these, this couple are actually sociopaths, shocker that, um, want to be, I'm not going to give anything away because it's a new movie, but are there for a very specific reason and trying to get this couple out of this house. There are a lot of fun elements to this film. If you are just going into it and going, I just want to watch something kind of fun and freaky. I feel like they could have done so much more with this and made it so much better, but it's only an hour and 20 minutes. And if you want something that, you know, is like a little, little quick hit, it's fun. It's worth a watch. It's just, I was a little disappointed because there was a lot there that they could have done and they kind of wasted it. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it as much as you. Yeah. Looks like I gave it a one and a half star. Yeah, that's it got one star. 
Oh, in general, yeah. like from others. Yeah, it got torn apart completely. That, and I understand why. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just it's like it's maybe maybe horror fans are just looking for new things sometimes. Maybe like I found it kind and of that's kind of what I was. That's kind of what it, it was predictable. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, I can still go for that ride, and I was willing to do that. But I was like, eh. Well, really I think kinda... you did a good job of kind of describing why you got drug into it. So it's like yeah. if you like those tropes, yeah. then yeah, yeah. you might just enjoy spending time with that situation. Whereas it looks like I did not. No, you <laughs> but, were you were on the shark side of the moon. Okay. I also saw a movie called uh, Hellraiser. You may have heard of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we are going to do no spoilers here because it's brand new. It's Hellraiser 2022 and it's two hours long and it's on Hulu for those of you who may not have seen it. And they took the Clive Barker's classic 1987 horror film, which is one of my favorite horror films, which is kind of an unpopular opinion honestly in horror it is land just so you guys know like if you don't listen watch horror movies all the time uh you know when people say their favorite franchises hellraises is always at the bottom and and because of its weird sexuality and all of that people you know whatever so with this one though they took a young woman struggling with addiction so catapulting it into 2022 and giving it a bit of a message comes into possession of the ancient puzzle box that we're all really familiar with unaware that its purpose is to summon the cenobites what did you think kathy I have a feeling we're going to have a difference of opinion here. Maybe. But, Maybe not. Um, I watched it twice because I absolutely loved it. Great. Um, I found the... When I watch Hellraiser, um, to me, that takes me back to, you know, the OG slashers and practical effects. And what I appreciated about this one is I found the Cenobites to be incredibly terrifying. I loved the makeup. I liked the storyline. I like that you question that, by the way, that's Pamela Adelon's daughter. And I thought she did a really good job. Yeah. I thought she did Um, too. I absolutely, I'm not someone who can typically sit through two hour movies. So for me to watch it twice, because I knew I had missed stuff the first time around, I really liked it. And that surprised me. So maybe it'll end up being one of your favorites of this year. Maybe. When we do our, we'll do a, in January, we'll do a, like a favorite of 2021 type of horror conversation. Maybe, you never know. Or 2022. What year am I on? Twenty. Yeah. One of the things I really loved about this one is they took, first of all, I appreciated that they didn't try to remake Hellraiser. It's a whole new film. Yes. And I like that they took the puzzle box and they made it so much more, they, they, it's evolved. I so yes, I will I will throw in an opinion of I really loved how they expanded the puzzle box rules yes. and lore around that. So what was a very simple premise, which is very typical of when the original Hellraiser was made in the eighties, like they took a you know, it was very they kept it very simple in that way of like mm-hmm. what it did and what it didn't do and what it was meant for. And it was much more about in the original, of course, much more about the Cenobites and the sexuality and the characters and all that. I love how they expanded the box and what it does. I enjoyed this movie. I wouldn't say like you where maybe it's catapulted to like a favorite mm-hmm. or what have you, but that is but I'm also not dumb enough to compare it to the original. Like I'm right. not I'm not yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw a lot of reviews where people were doing that and I'm like, yeah, that's not it's what the, I'm that, doing. That's not what this is about. And I and I don't want to do that. Right. I, I'm not interested in that. I want to take filmmakers and twenty twenty two is very different than whatever nineteen eighty seven or whenever it was. So 
So I'm not comparing it. I very much enjoyed the Cenobites in this. I, I just enjoy that idea of horrors come to life and our fears come to life. And the fact that what we know about Cenobites is of course they were people once and then they took this path and you know, that's what we learned sort of in the later Hellraiser movies is that the, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. They, they took this path and those are people that used to be us. And now they're exacting this kind of fear and pain and what pain does to people. And there are some really, really difficult scenes Yes. And I, yeah, they did. So if you like horror, the ripping people apart there from Hellraiser, you know, you guys not ruining anything with that. That is Hellraiser when they stick the pins in and rip you apart. Like that's how that's there. The practical effects were not lost on it. Like they still felt, you know, obviously it was modernized, but they didn't lose the integrity of that. No, I liked, I liked the Cenobites. I liked how much the Cenobites were in it. Oh my gosh. They were in that second hour that (sighs) I would say like the last 45 minutes is really it pays off. I of course wanted it to be slightly shorter than two hours, but that the that last hour with all the Cenobites and ripping people apart, and I thought the performances of the, the non Cenobites were, you know, the people just without the costumes were great. I mean, Me I, I really thought the lead actress. I thought um, all the other people. Uh, um, so um, who is it? Gosh, I looked him up the other day. I always forget his name. While you're talking, I'll find it. Okay. Um, but he was fantastic. Yeah, the actors were really good. My point being, the actors were really good. What I missed about, I didn't mind, I also didn't mind the taking it into 2022 and trying to give it a a, a, um, a metaphor as we do. I know some people were annoyed by that because we're a little bit tired of that in the horror community. Yeah. Like everything has to have a metaphor and a message, whatever. But I didn't really mind it. I didn't feel like it was heavy hitting and they were relating it to addiction. So I, I didn't really mind that. Uh, maybe you will, but Goran Vizhnik, I think that's you. how you say He's it. He's so good. He is so good in this. Right. And so what I missed was <laughs> at being a Hellraiser fan, what I missed was the great pinhead one liners. Mm-hmm. I didn't find any of those. I used to love, I love, you know, the memeable pinhead one-liners yeah (laughs) it's like kind of just part of the joy of pinhead is those one-liners and so maybe that's an 80s 90s thing but i just missed that i wasn't as intrigued by pinhead as i of course was by in the past maybe they pinhead will grow on me in this new rendition i don't know and i also missed the the weird sexuality. There was a lot less. There was yeah. more sadism than there was uh, the... And I've always liked it when they... Uh, one of the things that I always found interesting about Hellraiser, and again, I'm comparing it in the sense that it's all I've known. That's why I'm saying I missed those things. Mm-hmm. In other words, I just missed the pinhead one-liners I and, and what they represent. And I also just missed that kind of weird sexuality that happens in Hellraiser because I always thought that's one of the things that made it kind of unique. It is. But I enjoyed the movie. Like, I gave it a three out of five stars. Like, yeah. And I gave it a heart. Like, I liked the movie. Yeah. And I will watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that... Um, Sorry. No, no. It just uh, didn't go beyond that for I th- me. I thought that if you separate you know, the, the pinheads, Jamie Clayton's performance as the priest in this one, you know, first of all, you have a female, but what we know about Hellraiser, like Shannon was just talking about, there's a lot of androgyny. So it doesn't really matter the gender. However, she brought a much more sophisticated and quiet presence about her. Mm -hmm. That was very different from 
what we're used to. And they're both really good for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But if I were to put the original Hellraiser aside, um, I really enjoyed her. She was very, um, just, yeah, sophisticated, quiet, unassuming, and really sadistic. And I, it was just a very different presentation. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So now we are going to get to... <laughs> that is the answers to our facts with Kath. You're welcome. <laughs> Number one. I don't know. I just love having you sing it again now. It's become a thing. Well, I almost <laughs> always sing it for you. Thank you. Number one, Rob Zombie was a production assistant on what 80s television show? I honestly don't remember. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh my God. Which is why yes. I thought when you asked. talked about that Right, before. and which is why when you said, I wonder if he looked like that, I'm like, oh, she knows the answer. Because imagine Rob Zombie looking like I that on the I set of I think I do Playhouse. know the answer. I just couldn't come up with it. We talked about way. Tim Burton's work on Pee-wee's. We've never talked about Rob Zombie's. Because I think I had a Tim Burton question about that. Okay. Number two, the McMartin preschool trial was considered the most expensive trial in history that ended without a single conviction. What was this trial about? Uh, it was a daycare or preschool obviously and they were molesting kids yeah satanic panic there you it go. was during the time of satanic panic and that was the one big you know trial that they were trying to prove that this was happening number three what is scafism now i really want you to just su use this in a sentence next week because i don't know what kind of context you're going to find to use this well tell everybody how it's spelled how is it, how is it spelled s-c-a-p is in paul h-i-s-m scaff well like i mean and this is just me vamping of course it's like scaff scaffold like that's the thing i think of like scaffolding like buildings i don't know that's where my head went um but of course it's a it's a horror fact so it's something really awful that it's has to awful. do with death mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's all i got i don't know what it is it's an ancient form of torture and execution where you would cover someone in honey stick them in a hollowed log and let nature run its course. So I'd like you to use scaphism at some point next week. I would, I will just throw it in there. Nobody, nobody, in my supervisions. I'll be like, well, this is a form of scaphism in my opinion. And they'll be like, oh yes, that that's correct. You know, <laughs> someone will just agree they'll with just that. Look at me seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, hmm. you know what this reminds you mm -hmm. You know what this reminds me of scaphism. And they'll be like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And yeah, what I'll be testing is their bullshit meter. That's right. And new therapists definitely need to know when you're bullshitting. <laughs> True. Okay. Number four, which serial killer kept the heads of his victims as trophies? Well, Jeffrey Dahmer. Ed Kemper. <laughs> and Jeffrey Dahmer. Ed Kemper used to keep them on stakes. Yeah. Sicko. That's why I'm like, who didn't? <laughs> this goes, I, know. I know. It feels like, you know. Jeff, Jeff would like eat them and make love to them. Yeah, and but they found like three heads. And they his, did. You know, what do many people fear more than death itself? Well, I mean, the answer I know is public speaking. That's correct. Oh, okay. That's ding, 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 ding. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.